Leo Fire 1291. You're riding your bike with the brakes on, and it's time to take those brakes off. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. If you're ready to set and accomplish your number one goal in 100 days, text JOURNAL to 33444 and IGNITE. Your company is only as good as the people you hire, and finding good people isn't always easy. Find your perfect candidate today. Visit ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Fire Nation, the countdown has commenced. JLD here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Julie Ann Cairns. Julianne, are you prepared to ignite? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Julianne <laughs> is the managing director of Trading Pursuits Group, an eight figure financial markets education company based in Sydney, Australia. She's also the author of the book, The Abundance Code. Her mission as an entrepreneur is to help people create abundance in their lives. Julianne, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. All right. Well, I live in Sydney, Australia, which is an awesome place to live. I grew up in Canada, however, up until the age of 16 um, in Ontario. And I really love living in Sydney. I came here to live with my dad and finish high school and go on to university. And I never went back to Canada to live, uh, but I do love to go back there to visit. I'm in the financial space uh, doing online education for people who want to learn how to trade the financial markets. And I've been in the financial markets for uh, 25 plus years. I originally started as, as an economist working for the Reserve Bank of Australia. I went on to work at uh, a merchant bank here in Australia called Macquarie Bank and then started my own business with my business partner, teaching people how to trade financial markets, just ordinary, average, everyday people. Because uh, I felt as an economist, this was a, a realm that was kind of made too complicated for people. People can actually learn it. And I really wanted to spread that message to people who want to take control of their financial future. Well, Julianne, I've driven through Ontario, and I'm not saying anything negative about it. It's a beautiful <laughs> area, but I'll tell you, nobody will blame you for staying in Sydney. There is really no competition. I mean, San Diego is awesome. I love, I love California. San Diego is pretty special. I'm not going to yeah. lie. And I feel quite blessed. But you know what? We pay quite the tax for the sun. We call it the sun tax, but it's real. It's right. legitimate. And speaking of tax, Julianne, you know all about money. You know all about finances. You know to run a viable business, especially as an entrepreneur, you have to be generating revenue. So how do you, Julianne, generate revenue in your business? Well, uh, we do online courses teaching people about trading. We have uh, a, a kind of passive income stream that comes from having introduced people to brokers yeah. so that they can do trading. And then we get kind of a cut of their revenue, of the revenue that they generate for the broker. A little referral so commission. Fantastic. Yeah. Yep. And also we've 
in the past couple of years gotten involved in helping people do capital raisings. Um, and we've done a capital raising ourselves for uh, a new app-based product that we're launching soon. Mm. And so capital raisings has been a really interesting thing that, you know, we realized our, our database are people who are investors and they want not just stocks to invest in, they're really interested in pre-listing um, opportunities as well. So, Julianne, thanks for breaking that down because, again, no matter what industry or niche we're in, you know, we can just always learn from those people who are doing things well. And you're doing a lot of things really well right now, but it hasn't always been that way because entrepreneurs have our ups, we have our downs. And what I'm going to ask you to do now is to take us to what you consider your worst entrepreneurial moment to date. So, Julianne, pull back the curtain. Take your time. (laughs) Tell us that story. Well, that story definitely, it had its roots um, in the pre-global uh, financial crisis meltdown. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my business partner and I, we wanted to take our, our business onto the stock market and list it. So, take it public. And in order to do that, we we borrowed a bunch of money from investors through something that's called a convertible note. And a convertible note is an instrument where it's a, it's a loan unless you list the company. And then, you know, instead of becoming a loan, it, it transfers to shares for the investors. So you don't have to pay it back. They just get equity in the company. So really common way to finance listing your company. And we were going down that track. We borrowed about $2 million in 2007. And we were preparing to list at the end of 2008. And that was the deadline for us to list. Otherwise, this loan became a loan and we had to pay it all back. Well, of course, the entire global uh, financial situation melted down in September, October 2008. And uh, that had a lot of consequences for us. Not only was our listing completely off the table, there is no way that it was going to happen. Uh, this convertible note suddenly became a debt that was due in December 2008. So normally what you do in that situation is you go to a bank to refinance it, but banks were not lending to anybody. So there was no way that we could refinance it. And so we had this couple of million dollars in debt and we had to figure a way out. Otherwise, we were suddenly going to be insolvent as a company and bankrupt personally. So that was a pretty huge crisis. And I know a lot of people were in financial crisis at that time. We certainly weren't alone, but it was an incredibly scary time for us. That's a scary time on a lot of levels. And one thing that I really want to pull out, Julianne, is you were dealing with a lot of external forces. And this is a thing that as entrepreneurs, we can't always control. We need to look at the things that we can control and make sure we're controlling these things. But we also need to realize that, hey, there's sometimes there's going to be forces that are outside of our control. And this, you know, worldwide meltdown, you know, nobody really saw this coming. It came out of nowhere. Then all of a sudden it was like, boom, okay, now deal with it. So what would you say, Julian, to people that have to deal with these external forces, you know, not even just of the magnitude that you had to deal with, but even on a smaller level at times? Well, I think that the biggest enemy in those situations is fear and letting the panic of the situation get the better of you because it's at those times more than any other time that you need your entrepreneurial ability to innovate and to come up with an out-of-the-box solution. And that was something that we were able to do, but it wasn't really um, something that we got to before 
uh, reaching a kind of epiphany. Uh, and, you know, I did have a big personal epiphany at that time, um, which, you know, I can tell you about if you like. Yeah, let's hear it. Well, so, you know, I was at this time very, very close to bankruptcy. And it harked back to a to a situation I'd had in my childhood where when I had grown up, my parents were very, very prosperous and I'd lived a very privileged lifestyle. Uh, they were very wealthy. And when I was about 11 years old, my parents broke up. And within a couple of years of breaking up, they had somehow lost all of the money. And I went from living this incredibly privileged lifestyle to living with my mother, um, basically assisted by welfare and, you know, completely living the other end of the economic spectrum. And when this, when this crisis happened in 2008 and we were so close to bankruptcy, I remember thinking at the time, wow, this is, this is very similar to that situation I went through as a childhood. And what's interesting is that I'm at the exact same age as my parents were when they lost everything. And, hmm, that's kind of interesting. Even though I was panicking, I kind of had a little, there was a little ding, ding, ding that, <laughs> you know, went off in my head. Like, hey, this is, this is something interesting. You might want to look at this. And I realized that, I was recreating my childhood experience and I had actually recreated it a couple of times before that, that moment. I had made millions of dollars investing in real estate, um, built up a massive rental property portfolio of like nearly 30 properties. And then my partner and I had invested in retail businesses that we knew absolutely nothing about, uh, flower shops and Indian takeaway restaurants. Okay, like go figure. Um, knew nothing about those businesses. <laughs> Have no idea why I did that because it didn't make any logical sense. Um, and, and managed to lose millions of dollars doing that, right? And then, you know, I had rebuilt our wealth. We had rebuilt our wealth through our trading business. And here we are again, looking like we're going to lose millions of dollars. And I realized I'd been on this recurring cycle of gain and loss, gain and loss that was just repeating a pattern from my childhood. And that perhaps I believed on a subconscious level that that was the way that the world was supposed to be. And my epiphany was realizing, whoa, I really need to change that subconscious belief because uh, this cycle is not a lot of fun. It's very exhausting and it's not going to get me where I want to go. Julian, I kind of want to break down into the maybe one or two sentences that you really want to make sure that Fire Nation gets, you know, from that epiphany, but also just, you know, that tough time that you had, you know, throughout the the global meltdown, et cetera. I mean, kind of sum it up for us. I mean, you said a lot. You dropped a lot of value bombs. What do you want to make sure that we do walk away with knowledge-wise? Well, I think, you know, the key thing to understand is that your subconscious beliefs are very, very powerful drivers of your behavior and of your habitual behaviors. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs talk about success habits and right. how important success habits are. But the, the truth is, what I've come to realize is that underneath those success habits lie a whole bunch of beliefs. And if the beliefs are not in alignment with your success, um, you know, and there's all kinds of beliefs that can block your success. Um, a belief that you don't deserve it. A belief uh, like that money doesn't grow on trees. Or the belief I had on board, money is easy come, easy go. Um, 
a whole bunch of beliefs about money and success and beliefs about self, you, you really got to dig in there and start to examine those beliefs because the truth is it doesn't take that long to do that digging and examination work and then overwrite those beliefs that are limiting you with beliefs that are less limiting or more empowering. It actually doesn't take that long to do that work. And when you do it, your life is going to power up in a way that you, it will just take your breath away, right? Like when I did this digging, which I did right after this crisis, right? When I had the aha moment and I realized that, whoa, I've got to, I've got to go in and rewrite some of these beliefs. And someone had given me an, an amazing book called um, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind that had some techniques for rewriting beliefs. And I applied those techniques. And what happened for me was that Within a period of four years, and we're talking the four years of the recession that followed uh, the global meltdown, we were able to triple our revenues. We paid back uh, the $2 million, which actually burgeoned to more like $2.5-$3 million because we were paying 15% interest to our investors. That was one of the ways that we bought some extra time. From our investors, we said, okay, we're just going to pay you this massive interest. Right. So it's really worth your while. So we did a lot of renegotiating. So we had you know, more than the $2 million to pay back. We managed to pay it all back and then uh, got about $3 million in cash in the business, completely debt-free. That all was achieved within four years during a recession, which, you know, to me, just underlies the absolute amazing power of rewiring your subconscious. And one area, Fire Nation, that I really want to zero in on that Julianne has said in a number of different ways, what it comes down to in life, you need to align with what's genuine within you. You need to look in and say, hey, what makes sense for me? What feels right? What is my gut, my intuition telling me? When I'm doing this, are there red flags saying, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? Or is there this, this fire that's burning inside you that's saying, yes, like I'm alive, like my voice, my mission, my message with the world, it is speaking from a place that's genuine. And let me tell you, the people who hear your message, the people who read your writings when you're coming from that place, They resonate with that, just like people are repelled when you're not. So it has to be your message. You have to be genuine. You have to start from that place. And if it takes a rewiring, like Julianne's saying, then so be it. The time to do that is now. And Julianne, what would you say your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur is? My biggest weakness is kind of a pattern I've noticed that I have, which I call the engage and abandon pattern. Um, you know, I have a fairly sizable team and, you know, any team requires uh, strong leadership and strong vision and strong purpose. And I, I am quite good at engaging with my team on the, on the vision and purpose level. But I have noticed when I personally get overwhelmed, I go into my shell and I kind of abandon them a little bit. Um, and so where I need to work is working on engaging when I'm feeling shut down and asking my team for the support that I need in those times, not abandoning them and leaving them wondering, well, what happened to Julie? Where's she gone? What's she doing? <laughs> you know, when I'm like, like, you know, hiding with my uh, covers pull over my head, basically. <laughs> Engage and abandon Fire Nation. If you find yourself doing this over and over again, let's take a step back. Let's listen to this episode again and realize it's probably not your biggest strength. And speaking of Julianne, what is your biggest strength? 
I'd say my biggest strength um, is is something that's actually quite mundane. It sounds mundane, but it's saved my butt a number of times. And that is really good forward cash flow forecasting. Um, and I think that this is vital when you, when you start growing your business and you start having a team. Um, I've seen over and over again, and I've had this experience myself, you know, that leap from five figures to six figures, you can pretty much do that on your own. That leap from six figures to seven figures, you can do that with a pretty small team. But the leap from seven figures to eight figures, you start having a serious sized team, generally speaking, to, in order to make that leap. And when you have a big team, uh, things can go south really, really rapidly. Um, if you're not watching what's happening with your forecasting. I mean, you basically got to be able to make your payroll and pay that team and never, ever miss payroll, right? That's like the absolute essential thing that you must do, right? Don't ever miss paying somebody. So you got to make sure that your your forecasting of cash flow is uh, looking through the front windscreen, I call it, because a lot of people, you know, they'll look, sit down and look at their accounts and it was last month's numbers, right? And that is like driving down the road at 100 miles an hour. In fact, if you're making the leap from seven to eight figures, you're accelerating pretty <laughs> fast. You're driving down the road, you got your foot like planted on the accelerator and you are navigating using the rear vision mirror. Mm. Like nobody would do that. And yet it's amazing to me how many business owners do in fact do that because they're looking at last month's numbers and you've got to be forecasting what's coming. To the best of your ability, you can never get it 100% right, but to the best of your ability, forecast what's happening in terms of costs and, and sales and everything. And I've found that when I do that, I can make course corrections in time because course corrections always take time. And I can make those course corrections in time to avoid a, a cash flow crisis. Great analogy. And Julianne, moving forward into the one thing that you are most fired up about today. That would have to be a startup that I'm involved in um, where uh, we're making a gamified education app where that will teach people how to trade. Um, and the evolution in my business is kind of uh, basically the evolution that I've seen happening online and uh, in technology. So we started out as a live seminar business and we used to travel around the world and talk to people live. And then that evolved into a business of delivering that same information online through uh, online courses, right? And a lot of people now are in that space delivering online courses. And we're evolving that now into an app-based learning uh, system where people can play a game, essentially, in order to learn the same things and be much more engaged and much more um, having a lot more fun to learn trading, which is seen by a lot of people as a very dry topic. So I'm really excited about that. Fire Nation, you need to be excited about that and about the lightning round because Julianne is not going to stop dropping value bombs. That I can assure you. And before we get into that, we're going to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors. 
It can be scary to put yourself out there, and as entrepreneurs, it's a fear we're forced to overcome if we want to make an impact. Gaining authority, credibility, trust, and likability, they're all critical components, and a big part of gaining all these things depends on our ability to connect with our audience through writing, whether this is by email, on your blog, and even through social media. That's why I love Grammarly. Grammarly is like a second pair of eyes, helping you make sure you're always putting your best foot forward. Grammarly checks for grammar, spelling, punctuation. It even offers suggestions on sentence structure, style, clarity, and word choice. Download Grammarly today for free. Visit Grammarly.com slash fire. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash fire. Your company is only as good as the people you hire, and let's face it, hiring isn't always easy. Posting to multiple job sites, then shuffling through dozens of resumes and applications is tiring and frustrating, almost to the point where you don't even want to hire someone anymore. But without help, you can't grow and scale your business. Good thing we've got ZipRecruiter.com, where you can post to 100 plus job sites with one single click. Once you've posted, you'll be instantly matched to candidates from over 6 million resumes. Just post once, and within 24 hours, watch your candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. ZipRecruiter has been used by over 400,000 businesses, and you can try it right now for free. Find your perfect candidate before they go to someone else. Just visit ZipRecruiter.com slash fire to get started. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Julianne, are you prepared for the lightning round? I am. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I'd have to say it was confidence and belief in myself. Uh, That's the only thing that has ever held me back. And sometimes I give away my power. You know, I think, oh, I'm I'm not good at this or I don't have these skills and I'm going to get someone else to do that. It's not like you, you don't need people to collaborate with, but it's a collaboration is different to giving your power away because you don't believe you can do it. What's the best advice you've ever received? It's a piece of advice I actually got secondhand uh, from a friend of mine who had attended a Brian Tracy seminar. Uh, Actually, my business partner attended a Brian Tracy seminar when he was only 11 years old. And Brian Tracy delivered this analogy called the blame tree. And it was about how, you know, all, all the emotions that you have are like leaves on a tree. And you can... You might have a tree full of negative emotions. If that's the case, you can definitely say that the trunk of the tree is you blaming other people for your situation. And once you stop doing that, once you cut the blame, all the emotions in the, in the rest of the tree, all the leaves of the tree turn to more positive, more growth-oriented emotions where you're not blaming people for the situation. It's just another way of saying, you know, get out of that victim mindset but I found the tree imagery really helpful. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? It would have to be uh, something I do every day, uh, which is uh, I use an app called the 5-Minute Journal. And the 5-Minute Journal has two things you do. Fill out one in the morning where you talk about what you're grateful for and you um, you just list three things you're grateful for and what would make today great And that's about it in the morning. It takes literally two minutes. And then at night, you go through what were three wins that you had during the day and uh, what would have made today better, you know, so a reflection item. And, you know, and that's about it. So it literally takes five minutes a day, two in the morning, maybe three at night. And 
it is the most awesome thing to keep your mindset on track, keep yourself in gratitude, keep yourself in accountability, and to celebrate the great stuff that you're doing every day. And I think a lot of us forget to do that. Can you share an internet resource like an Evernotes with Fire Nation? Sure. I love this resource called If. I don't know if you've ever heard no. of it, but it's it's an app where you can automate things that you do a lot. So, for example, um, say there's an email campaign that you're following and you want to you wanna save it. Uh, instead of having to manually do that for yourself, you can create a recipe in If where when I get an email from X, save it to Evernote, and it'll just do it for you, which is totally amazing. Um, there's heaps of other recipes on the app, like, you know, uh, it'll mute your phone while you're at work. Uh, you can save your email attachments to OneDrive. You can share your Instagram pics as native Twitter photos. Um, you can save links you post on Facebook to an Evernote notebook, and it just does it for you, which is a really amazing time-saving tool. If. Now, Julianne, if you could recommend one book for our listeners to join the Abundance Code on our bookshelves, what would that book be and why? I think it would definitely have to be, and people probably say this a lot to you, but it would have to be the book called Influence by Robert Cialdini. I think that this book, if you're a marketer or someone who's got anything to sell virtually, you absolutely need to read Influence. It totally maps out how people's uh, thought processes work and what it is that causes people to buy. Influence is one of the few books that I've read that gets better with every page you turn. Like most business books, after 35% or so, they're kind of spent. They just kind of like start repeating themselves and trail off a little bit. This book just keeps getting better, Fire Nation. And listen, I know you love audio, so I've teamed up with Audible. And if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook for free, like Influence, at eofirebook.com. Now, Julianne, is the Abundance Code available in Audible? It is not available in Audible yet. Not to, I'm so not sorry. To. Well, you, not, don't apologize not to me. To. Apologize to Fire Nation, who loves sorry, listening Fire to Audible. Sorry, Fire Nation. <laughs> sorry. Julian, let's end today on Fire Girl with a parting piece of guidance. The best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. I think the best way you can connect with me is to go to the theabundancecodebook.com and there I have a free video series if you want to find out more about rewiring your beliefs because the, the subtitle of the Abundance Code book is How to Bust the Seven Money Myths hmm. for a Rich Life Now. And I go through seven core beliefs about money that most people have. And I really love a, anything that's an 80-20 rule. And so if you can knock over these seven money myths, it's going to be definitely 80%, if not 90% or more of the battle when it comes to subconscious beliefs that could hold you back on your path to success. And what's the parting piece of guidance? If you're riding down the road on a bicycle and you have the brakes on, you're not going to get very far very fast. Right? Nobody would ride a bike with the brakes on. But when you're going through life with limiting subconscious beliefs that you've inherited from other people that aren't even things that you truly believe at a core level, you're riding your bike with the brakes on. And it's time to take those brakes off. 
Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with J-A-C and J-L-D. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Julie in the search bar and her show notes page will pop right up with everything that we've been talking about. Of course, you can go directly to the Abundance Code Book. Dot com. That's theabundancecodebook.com. And Julianne, I want to thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Awesome. Thank you. Fire Nation, thank you for listening to EO Fire. Visit eofire.com for entrepreneurial resources, free trainings on how to podcast and host webinars, and so much more. Visit eofire.com and ignite.